0: That's interesting what both your answers to my question are, because on one hand, you are arguing that through technology, we can increase basically the level of expertise at which a maintainer, a commander, a surgeon can perform, which is a pretty daring proposition if you think about it because sometimes it takes 20 years to develop that expertise. And in a sense, you're talking about accelerating that with a piece of AI or digital sidekicks. But are you even tempted, rather than to augment, to replace? In a sense, you say, why well, do I need a digital sidekick? Maybe the digital sidekick may be the main actor. Valerie, are there domains in which we say, oh, the heck with it. It's too complicated for a human. Let me just invent a device that can do... That human's job?
1: My perspective is that the technology is there to support the human and not the other way around. I think certainly there's types of tasks that could be delegated to a machine to perform, but in that delegation, just with like people you work with, you delegate a task, but you still follow up. You're still cognizant of what's going on and making sure it's being done the way you, you want it to be done. And so the human, in my opinion, is always at least on the loop, at times maybe in the loop. And there's really three reasons that I jotted down related to this. And that is, first, the AI is there to support the human, not the other way around, which is what I just said. And so one of the examples I was thinking of was from this weekend, Memorial Weekend. I don't know if you guys travel, but I traveled to Maine to go up to our lake house. And there's a lot of tolls going from where I live up to Maine. And it used to be in the past that you're hours, hours, about hours, you know, waiting to get through all of these tolls. There's like four or five of them. And so now with the EasyPass system, right, this is just a simple example. And they have those overhead cameras that you can just zip right through. And so it's a huge time saver. And that's simple AI, but it really helps to save time for the human. I like to think of AI as a force multiplier in this case. The second reason would be the human is the ultimate decision maker and I think has qualities that at least for now in AI don't exist. Things like intuition, judgment, creativity. And so for that reason, you wouldn't want to take the human out of the equation And then finally, I do believe that there are some things that just can't be delegated to AI. And these are things where the stakes are very high. So, for example, the decision to strike a dynamic target. AI can certainly support bringing speed to decision and assisting the human in identifying options that they may not have thought of. But ultimately, the decision to strike requires, at the very least, a human in the loop.
0: I'm going to play devil's advocate, but I want to hear Sylvan's answer also to this challenge. But devil's advocate in your first example of you driving to Maine and not having to stop and saving time, basically adding a few hours to your hard earned vacation. What happened to that poor tall worker? He doesn't have a job anymore or she doesn't have a job anymore. This is an example actually of elimination rather than augmentation. I know it made the life of the user better. But is there a trade-off there in a sense? Just a question to ponder about. We'll come back to that because many people are gloom and doom predicting that this is it. The robots are coming to take our jobs and on and on. And I think (laughs) that you gave two very good examples. One in which the consequences of a decision are so important that you've got to keep a human commander in the loop or on the loop. But at the end of the day, the responsibility uh, is there. We're another example in which we found a technology that totally replaced what used to be decent paying job for some. And so I think on that continuum, we should talk about uh, this notion of replacement or augmentation. But I'll plant the seed, we'll come back to it later. Silva, on my question, are you ever tempted in your many projects to just say, Hey, this is one in which we need to replace that human operator.
2: No, never. Because as a human systems engineer, if you know I were to say that, I would be out of a job. And and (laughs) no, more seriously, I would completely support what Valerie said about certain aspects of particularly in critical environments where the human is absolutely needed and where technology is nowhere near where it needs to be now to be Thinking about replacing the human, value, you mentioned creativity and intuition and judgment. I would add empathy in certain kinds of environments like healthcare. This is a critical aspect of the human contribution that AI will not replace anytime soon. You also mentioned in the loop and on the loop as the types of relationship that the human has with the system. I would add the perspective of the with the loop environment. Where there are multiple types of loops that exist in the system and the human needs to understand how those work in relationship to one another. Things that currently, you know, AI models or, or the type of technology we are devising cannot really do. So even with the exponential availability and capabilities of AI and automation, there are still those types of roles and responsibilities that the human needs to have because we can't do it otherwise. If I go back to the example of the maintainer, we don't have robots that are good enough to actually change the switches and the valves and the little pieces in the types of environments that we need them to be, right? There is a degree of nuance and finesse that the human can bring. And by the way, this is both physical and cognitive, right? The physical finesse of having your fingers in the engine moving things. But cognitively understanding the shades of gray in complex environments is really critical. I'm um, going back to the word judgment, that value you mentioned. So I think for now, Dave, you're right, there is an entire discourse and argument to have about the displacement and replacement of jobs. I'm a firm believer that it's not a net negative. And on the contrary, this advancing technology is a net positive in terms of job creation. But you're right. Those are different types of jobs for different types of purposes. Yes. We always go back to the same quotes from Ford, right? If we were to ask a long time ago what people wanted for transportation, they would have said faster horses. Then we have the car, which did eliminate not only the job of the horse, but also when you know you have carriages, the driver of the carriage. But at the same time, there are tons more jobs that were created in the manufacturing world, in the maintenance world, et cetera.
0: These are all very wise remarks. So let's uh, dig a little deeper into the core of the topic of today, which is really intelligent cognitive assistant, very loaded words, each one of them. Humans have been interacting with machines for a while, you know, from the basic manipulation of information through windows or through clicks or through the mouse. And so human-computer interaction has been around. What is new? Is there something that is qualitatively new here in this notion of an intelligent cognitive assistant that is here to help you do your work? Can you unpack that for our audience and tell us what is novel here? Valerie, earlier you mentioned artificial intelligence and explainability. These are, again, very loaded words. So can you just tell our audience whether you think it's just a continuous of regular human-computer interaction design or there is something that is fundamentally novel?
1: So for this one, it's a little tougher for me because I think we are more in the technical space here, but I really think what's novel about the direction we're going is we're Seeing technologies now with the idea of a cognitive assistant is we're not delivering just black box to the end user, but we're delivering a capability that will interact with the operator and serve as a force multiplier to that operator. And I think one of the things that Sylvan said that really resonated with me was the idea of taking a novice. Person and with that cognitive assistant, they're able to get smarter with that cognitive assistant. So they're able to be more productive. And that's the idea of being a force multiplier. A case in point, when I was doing all source analysis, you know, we had to build briefings and we had to go through what's called message traffic. And there were keyword searches that were in Boolean logic very, very difficult to formulate yourself. And so what would happen is that senior mentor would always just cut and paste over his keyword search to the new guy so that they would be able to get the right message traffic to be able to do their job. And so you could imagine that cognitive assistant could be that senior mentor to that new person, be it a novice person or a new person to the job, because In the intelligence field, the second you arrive in theater, you're the expert, even if you've never actually worked that country. So it can be a little scary and having that cognitive assistance would be so helpful.